0: National Veterinary Technician Week is just around the corner. This week, we're going to talk about what you should be doing to celebrate those essential employees in your clinic on the Veterinary Viewfinder. (laughs) Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And not such a tough topic this week. We're going to talk about how we can celebrate National Veterinary Technicians Week. And we've got an expert in her own right who's joining us all the way from across the country. But before we get into all of that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward.
1: I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And
0: our resident expert in all things veterinary technician-wise is none other than Becky Mosser, RVT. And (laughs) Becky is phoning in today all the way from where?
1: I'm in Portland. I've never been to Portland before, Um, so I'm actually out here in the Pacific Northwest, and it's... It's entirely too early for this, but it's gorgeous out here, and, um, you know, I'm enjoying it so far.
0: That's right, Viewfinders. Becky had to get up before 6 a.m. to make this thing happen for this recording because, obviously, there's a time difference and a time crunch, uh, and so we got to really thank her. So if you're out there on social media, say, thank you, Becky. But, Becky, what are you doing out there? I mean, it sounds like you're, like, on this massive whirlwind tour.
1: Yeah, it's funny, right? Like, COVID is, is sort of settling down a little bit, we guess, maybe. Travel's picking back up. And so I've got the luxury of wandering around the country, um, doing some work with or Ingelheim and Wild West Vets. So if you're out at Wild West... Make sure you come and say hi to me um, because, you know, I'm out here talking to the techs, advocating the techs, and getting everybody ready for Tech Week.
0: Yeah, and guys, if you didn't see it, uh, our own co-host was just featured in AHA Trends as one of those technicians making a difference, and she is making a difference. And uh, Becky, before we get into today's discussion on Vet Tech Week, I know you also have another announcement because a project that is near and dear to you and makes such a positive influence in the world. Tell us a little bit about what's happening in your altruistic. Side.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Giving Tree launched officially October the 1st. So Yay! you guys, we're ready for your nominations. We are so ready for your donations. We are officially a 501, so you will get a donation letter. We are looking for corporate sponsorships. We're looking for people in need. We need volunteers to help us. So if you haven't already, head over to Veterinary Industry Giving Tree Group on Facebook or our website, Veterinary Giving Tree dot uh, com and just take a look around do what you can let us know who needs your help because we're we're back and we're ready
0: yeah and just a reminder viewfinders you know this is something that becky launched last year and it's basically a way for you to give to needy veterinary professionals and so becky i mean you're looking for monetary donations to help those who have who've been affected by something personal tragedy whatever right
1: yeah, we've last year we collected all gift cards, um, because it just made things a little bit easier. Uh, we're more set up this year because it wasn't sort of just such a, a quick reaction thing that we we did last year it was just very much out of desperation for our industry. This year we've been able to be a little more organized. We have a PayPal. We've got a um, Amazon Smile. So if you guys are on Amazon and you're shopping, please consider going over to Amazon Smile. Activate. You are giving for veterinary industry giving tree, and we'll get like five percent of everything you buy um, or purchase out there. So there's a lot of different ways to be involved, a lot of different ways to give: um, gift cards, cash. Um, we'll be setting up an Amazon wish list, and if you don't have any of those things, we can just use some volunteers to help get the word out and to do some. Um, you know, calling thank you cards, things like that. So if you just want to be involved, just reach out. You can reach us at veterinarygivingtree at gmail.com or head over to the website. There's contact forms and volunteer forms and everything you need to get involved over there. We're really excited. Uh, We have a $10,000 goal this year. We had $7,000 raised last year. We know we can do it, and we are so excited to help those families again this year.
0: Wow. Just thank you so much, Becky, for all you do. I mean, it really does make a difference. And there's a lot of people in our industry. Again, this is specific to people that are our colleagues who just have hit a rough patch. So so thanks again, yeah. Becky. And speaking of giving, it's all about <laughs> National Veterinary Technician Week. That kicks off October 17th. So tell us a bit about that. What What is it for people that maybe don't know or are new to the industry? And how do we celebrate it, Becky?
1: Yeah, you know, National Veterinary Technician Week, and uh, I believe they changed the terminology to Credentialed Veterinary Technician Week through NAFTA, um, is, is a week just to let your credentialed veterinary technicians know how much you appreciate them. I do believe a support staff or assistant week was set up, and that I think that's one of the biggest things that people struggle with is how do they support their non-credentialed staff through this week as well. Um, and it gets a little hairy out there, so figure it out in your practice. Um, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, weigh in too much on it, but this is a week to just make sure your support staff know how much you appreciate them. You see how hard they work and just make them feel a little special.
0: Yeah. And I think that is important to to note. I think, you know, Becky, over the years, as we talk about title protection, which we have covered a lot over the past five years, ad nauseum, <laughs> ad nauseum but it's important. Right. And so I think that yeah. what, what uh, Becky is saying is that one of the things that NAVDA or the National Association of Veterinary Technicians of America, um, they're trying to say, look, this set aside this one just for the RVTs, the LVTs, the CBTs. That's Is that correct?
1: And the VMHTs yes. in Tennessee. That's right. I forget Tennessee. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so that Tennessee technicians as well. But, yeah, I think it's important, Becky, because, you know, when we muddy the waters of titles, then, you know, we sort of diminish the role and impact that you have, right? I mean, to, to me, I, I agree with you strongly that this is something, let's really promote the people who are licensed, credentialed. doesn't take anything away from anybody else because everybody else is contributing, you know, a ton. But, you know, this is just for them. Like Like, for example, Becky, I don't celebrate you on National Veterinary Receptionist Week or Day.
1: Right. I know. And it's a hairy thing because in clinics, we have um, a lack of distinguishment between job responsibilities. And so we just end up with these folks who are credentialed doing the same things that non-credential technicians are doing for the most part. And so our non-credential staff sort of feel like, well, hey, I do the same job. And and I have to say, like, if that's what's going on in your practice, you probably need to look at differentiating skills. And um, I I would guess, venture to say your credentialed group would appreciate that as well. Um, But if you are differentiating, and I recommend that you do, I think you just got to make it clear that there is a time to celebrate everybody and you're going to do it for sure. And you're going to make sure that the assistants get celebrated and appreciated it as well. Just not this week. I mean, we want it to be fair. But we also want to remember our folks that receive their license and maintain their license do so with monetary responsibility, continuing education responsibility, legal responsibility, and we want to give them the props for the time, energy, and, and investment they've made.
0: Yeah, I love that. And honestly, guys, I think the only way forward for our profession is to embrace uh, credentialed veterinary technicians, expand their roles and responsibilities. I, I just don't see any, look, no news there, viewfinders. I've been singing this True. song for a long time. But Becky, let's talk about it now, October 17th through 23rd. So you've got a week here. Um, and, and, you know, I want to challenge the viewfinders this year. Look, everybody does the one day where like it's pizza party, right? Or here's donuts, right? I think we can do better this year, guys. I really, for me, this should be the time to recognize your colleagues, to actually share their stories with the world and the world in this context being your clientele, perhaps, and your social media, whatever. Becky, what do you, I mean, honestly, what do you see the, the main goal or objective of National Veterinary Technicians Week should be?
1: Well, I think it really is at this point about education. Um, I think you're right. I think featuring your credentialed technicians in your social media, explaining who they are, what makes them different from the rest of your staff, where they trained, um, their favorite areas of medicine, things like that, helping them really differentiate and stand out as medical professionals because they are licensed professionals um, is is one great step. So they think a little recognition within the clinic for sure. Um, and you're right. I've seen a lot of social media chat about what can we do other than pizza? Because, you know, pizza is always the go to.
0: Right. And I think it's an easy way out. So for me, you know, what I think you should do is right now begin to plan and say on the 17th, the 18th, the 19th, the 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, whatever, that we're going to do something special. And maybe it's highlighting, you know, one of your LVT, RVT, CBTs, and whatever that thing in Tennessee is called. Again, I always get it confused. But you highlight one of those people or more of those people per day, right? So Somehow you tell a story of what it actually means to be a veterinary technician, because I'm telling you, the pet-owning public, Becky, still doesn't get it.
1: Nope, they don't know. They don't understand. And that's okay, right? Like, it's it's because they don't have the exposure. The, the numbers aren't out there for uh, for them to understand. And in my experience, most clients assume that there is an education and credential behind Anyone who works with their pet. That
0: doesn't mean that you aren't capable, competent, and very compassionate, but it's just that this is a slightly different thing. And 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 Becky, you know, one of the things I, I talked about at the beginning, not only title protection, but expanding the roles and responsibilities. This is the foundation. I mean, we're laying the framework right now for what's going to pay off, you know, in another five or ten years.
1: Oh, I mean, 100%. And there's data out there, right? Like we see the numbers, we know that adding one veterinary technician to your practice increases your income into the clinic over 10%. And that, you know, adding a veterinarian to your clinic adds about 6% of revenue. So we almost double the revenue, um, as opposed to adding another veterinarian and tech utilization is one of the number one complaints. Like we we obviously know that technicians need a living wage. We know that money needs to be better. But truthfully, utilization is a huge issue that causes a lot of technicians to leave the industry or at least the clinic that they're at because they want to go somewhere that their skills are going to be used.
0: Yeah, you know, Becky, one of the things that was really eye-opening to me uh, back in nineteen ninety nine, I was brought in to to work on an AVMA KPMG megastudy task Force, right? So I was one of many people. and, and you know, actually you know we just had different things. I was looking kind of at clinic workflow efficiencies, which was kind of my my jam, especially at the time. and And one of the things that really shocked me was the fact that when we started working with NAVTA at the time, number one, we were it was hard to get data back then. Yeah, but number two, we kept hearing the story of, Well, about an average of five years. And you go, wait, wait, what, what? And you realize that NAVDA was saying to us, and and trying to be very discreet about it, especially at that time, that, look, the average veterinary technician, licensed LVT, CBT, RVT, whatever, uh, stays in the profession about five years. And then they leave. And it's because of things like you just said, low pay, low responsibility, right? They aren't really able to do what they were trained to do. And so they're like, well, I'm going to do something else.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times they end up going to vet school because they really want to continue to do that medicine. A lot of times they end up going to nursing school. So they get to do medicine and get utilized and um, be appreciated in the sense of their credential and their education. And I mean, I I think it's a no brainer to be following suit uh, with the management, the recognition, the legal stature and and, and regulations of the nursing profession.
0: And and this is why it's been a big deal for people like Becky and myself for a long time, because we know that title protection is kind of the basic, then getting some kind of standardized educational requirements, because let's face it right now, every state has a little different definition of what it requires to be this. So I think that there's some simple steps that are being undertaken now. I mean it's slow. It's a lot slower than people like Becky and, and those in, in you know Ken Yagi and others who have really been leaders in this this um, initiative. But look, let's 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 really I think get back to how can we show the world what vet techs do. If you look at when when we started the National Pet Obesity Awareness Day, Becky, it was really to do just that to raise awareness that there's a problem with the disease obesity in dogs and cats. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where you need to focus. If if you're a clinic today is saying, look, there are vet technicians, they are awesome, amazing. They've got education, credentials, they have these they can do these things. I mean, to me that's that's where I want you to start. Hopefully that makes a little bit of sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, singing your technicians praises, right? Everybody likes to get a little recognition for what they do and understand that they're appreciated for what they do. But it can't be lip service, right? Like yeah, you don't get to just right. jump on your social media and, and shout out all your technicians once a year for a week. You've got to follow through with that the rest of the year. So I think shouting them out, educating the public is one great step. But there's a lot more you can do.
0: Yeah, like pay them more, give them better benefits. <laughs> you know
1: what I mean? Sure, yeah. But even during Vet Tech Week, I think it's an important time to think about the conversations to maybe reignite conversations about where your technicians might want to be independently what they want to work toward, what they find important. Um, it's a good time to sort of refresh the thought. It's sort of like creating New Year's resolutions every year on the 31st. Like, can we take and set some goals for our credential techs this year and how we're going to make sure that they're being utilized, that they're being appreciated and that they are contributing to the practice in a way that is financially beneficial to you. There's no sense in paying a technician to hold a dog, right? Like, and that be their only job and You know, uh, make sure you're using them in a way that you can you can benefit as well.
0: And Becky, one of the things, too, I think that, you know, we just had some some data dumps in the veterinary profession recently and maybe share with the viewfinders kind of what it looks like, like how many RBTs are out there today versus, you know, veterinarians like because I thought that was really interesting. And it's I think it's impactful in how we sort of I think should perceive RBTs moving forward.
1: Sure. Yeah. I want to give some recognition. So yesterday I was listening to a lecture by Dr. Carrie journey with not mm-hmm. one more vet or non and she was presenting some data that says, basically we are looking at a, just over 118,000 veterinarians across the United States. And we have just over 114,000 technicians. So mathematically they're looking at basically a one-to-one ratio, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. And I think a lot of our leading organizations maybe know those numbers, but don't think about those numbers. I mean, you know, I'm always complaining that um, the you know, AVMA, <laughs> right? okay, yep. is misnamed or needs to include veterinary technicians, and that they can really truly multiply what gets done. Um, we we just need to start thinking about ourselves as being we are represented in numbers. You know, we are there. And we kind of got to start seeing ourselves that way.
0: Yeah. and, And again, Becky is absolutely right. So the AVMA is the name is the American Veterinary Medical Association. It's it's not. <laughs> it's yep. the American Veterinarians Association. That's what it, yep. and that's what Becky is, is is alluding to here, and I completely support that opinion. A lot of vet techs out there feel the same way. But if you're going to say this is the American Veterinary Medical Association, then it should include all facets. And these are uh-huh. licensed, credentialed people. They, I mean, yeah, it's an oversight, yep. and it needs to be corrected. And. Yeah, Chances yeah. Are... oversight
1: implies they don't know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> for Doug Pratt, Doug Pratt, you're an amazing man. You've taken a lot of crap from me this year, um, and and I will just continue to advocate. They know, they hear it. It's just that you can't move the tides that quickly, and I get that. But that exclusionary exclusiveness um, kind of needs to be checked. Yes, I know veterinarians went to a lot of effort and a lot of trouble and a lot of time and money to do what they do, but that doesn't mean we didn't.
0: Right, exactly, and it's just nomenclature. So here's my suggestion. It's been my suggestion for 15 years. Becky probably the same or close to it. Uh, it's just include a vet tech somewhere, like on the executive board. <laughs> I mean, just like like if you if you can't change the name, which is honestly, Becky, I've heard that thrown back at me so many times. It's like, well, we can't change the name. We can't change the name. Okay, she fine. Doesn't... Well. I <laughs> Sure, you can. That's true. It's it's a strike of a pen. But but getting yeah. back to that, Becky, if you can't change the name, well, at least you can change the structure. So you can start by just say, Hey, we'd like to hear a veterinary technician voice in the making the decisions that affect the veterinary medical association in America.
1: <laughs> I think yeah, it's- and there are 17 states in the United States that allow technicians to be part of the their right. VMAs. However. In several cases, they don't have voting rights. Yeah. We know that there are technician seats being included um, on, you know, say like the AHA board, but they're non-voting positions. Right, right. So, it, it, again, it becomes lip service when you're just saying, hey, can you just sit here and look good so we don't get the flack <laughs> from the technician? We don't actually want to hear from you. We're not going to actually let your voice count. What a slap in the face is that?
0: Yeah, to play it just for optics. And I agree, there's a lot of politics going on out there, viewfinders. And so if you see a veterinary technician on one of these boards, immediately ask, do they have voting rights, right? Or do they have an equitable stake in the conversation? Because like Becky says, sometimes it is just for the optics, the show, and it doesn't have any impact. Okay. So, so Becky, we, we know that blah, 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 there's a lot of stuff we can complain about. But let's get back to that national veterinary technicians appreciation week of October 17th through 23rd. So in addition to highlighting, what are some other things that you think that they can, that a, a clinic who says, you know what, we really do want to do more for our techs. What's, give me an idea.
1: Well, so first of all, you know, my my feeling is you need to ask them, talk to them, find yes. out what they find important. I think that's one thing we just like really overlook is just, hey, what would make you happy? What would you like to do? Um, I see a lot of people out there on the groups asking like great ideas for Vet Tech Week. So that makes me really happy because I think we are, um, you know, expanding that. And the more technicians we have in leadership roles, the more emphasis they're putting on making sure that technicians are having a nice Vet Tech Week. So along those lines, I've seen some really neat things. One thing I saw that I thought was really cool was engraved bandage scissors. Mm. So a supply for work that they normally have to either buy themselves to have nice ones or things that get stolen by other employees or missing or gone, an engraved item that they're going to use every day, I thought was a really thoughtful gift. Um We know that pizza is kind of cliche, but it doesn't mean we don't like it. It just can't be the only thing you're (laughs) leaning towards. So I saw some clinics who were being really creative and having a different food truck come every day. I mean, we love food. At the end of the day, techs love food. So um, like a taco truck and then like a snow cone truck. That was a lot of fun, too. And I think that kind of just boils down to are they having fun? Are they feeling special? Are they getting treated? So I, I think for technicians, I honestly, you can bring in a $5 Starbucks card, you can pick up some coffee on the way, you can, you know, close a little early, so they get to go home. I don't know, you find out what's important to them. But there are so many creative things you can do. Honestly, if you care to put in the time and energy, it's yeah. not it's not hard work.
0: No, it's not. And and again, viewfinders just I know we've talked about this, you know, in the past, but, you know, Laura, my wife, who is was her hospital ministry for our clinics, you know, her two go to like she always like she she said number 1 she always wanted to give our techs a luxury something that they wouldn't normally spend the money on for themselves and so yeah. she would usually give them and i know this is a bit too pragmatic but maybe you'll appreciate it she would give them really nice shoes so like back what were those dance goes or clogs you know those like yeah. re, like we had a time when everybody wanted those in our clinics and you know so she would buy those like 140 dollars shoe which is a lot of money yeah. for a lot of people yeah. but you know this was so things like that the other thing that was always a big hit with us is that we allowed we we gave them basically, as Laura would say, you have the credit card. (laughs) And she would take all of our RVTs, not take them, but allow them to go to a very would book them a table at a nice restaurant and say— you know, Hey, you guys make it happen. And I like that because that took them off site. They got to dress up, right. You know, so they got to see another side of each other, even though they, I mean, you know, and, and then they got to do it, you know, kind of celebrating and we didn't interfere. We didn't really do anything other than say, where would you guys like to go? Done. Here's a credit card, just make it happen. And, and so, so you can do that. And, you know, Becky, I remember one time telling this at a conference, That comes up to me and look, everybody's got an excuse. Everybody's got a reason why it won't work and they're all right, right? Because if you think it won't work, guaranteed it's not going to work. Yeah. But but I remember this guy coming up and said, "So so you're going to spend five or six hundred dollars. You're not even going to care what they order. They could be ordering alcohol and us. I, I was like, look, you know, honestly, I don't care, right? I, this is their yeah. night. It's our way to celebrate. And so if it costs me five or six hundred bucks, so be it, right? I think it's a deal. Yeah. I think it's a value because you know, oh, 100%. you know. So so again, just think about those things and and be generous because Becky, let's be truthful here for just a second. you spending five or six hundred dollars or even a thousand dollars on your text. You are paid back in spades, yeah. right? I mean, this is—if you want to look at the economics of it—I always say that is the best, and that's the best type of investment. Yeah. Now, the the caveat here is you've got to now be paying them a very good living wage to begin with. You have got to provide basic benefits, health insurance, all that stuff. But you know what I'm saying, Becky? Like, I don't see where me dropping five hundred, a thousand dollars, or whatever, is something that's going to break the bank. And if it does, then we've really got to—I think—more critically analyze the financials.
1: Yeah. As I've been saying for months now, right? Like (laughs) if you're running it on the backs of your employees, you're doing it wrong. You know, it's interesting. Dr. Journey also presented some interesting data as far as, so what we know is on a nationwide level, like, and if you don't know this, uh, please turn this up, listen, rewind it and listen again on a nationwide average cost of living obviously variable 31, I believe it was $31, $30 an hour was considered a living wage. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. 95% of Technicians are making less than a living wage. Now, the poverty level was, I believe, about $12 an hour, if I remember correctly, um, and that we saw about 35% of our technicians living at or below poverty. Not very few of them at or above a living wage. That being said, the science and the numbers that Dr. Journey presented yesterday in this lecture I listened to with her was at $21 an hour, technicians were much more mm, uh, I want to say this right they were they were there was more longevity in technicians, um, in their ability to keep their job, and there was more um, livable conditions to the point where the, the technicians were happier in general and staying at their job at $21 an hour. So, um, you know, it was so hard to see how many technicians are making between the national average, uh, or well, the, you know, the national minimum wage of $7.25 an yeah. hour. Um, You know, and then I've seen so many people recently saying, I saw a post on Facebook the other day of a friend who said he was speaking with a lady working at the gas station who was a credentialed veterinary technician who worked at the gas station because she made more than the local hospital.
0: Wow. And and guys, again, $15 an hour, that's like $32,000 a year. And so when people like, well, that's, you know, and where I live, the cost of living, you know, that's more than enough. Well, it's not in North Carolina. (laughs) Okay, I mean, it's not considered a living wage. It does not exceed that in North Carolina, but the people right? People
1: who say that to you are not making fifteen dollars an hour.
0: That's, that's and they would
1: true. not be willing to make fifteen dollars an hour. So if you if you literally said, "Oh, that's a living wage, super duper," then you start making fifteen dollars an hour, pay your manager fifteen dollars an hour, let's make fifteen dollars an hour across the board, and see how everybody does because they would not be willing to live at that rate, and 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 they don't feel like they have to because they're educated. Well, so are your techs. They don't feel like they have to because they need continuing education. So do your tax. So I think it's really the thing that gets overlooked. It sounds like a lot of money when you're just sitting there listening to it. And I'm sorry, but if you're a veterinarian who's been in the field for 60 years, $15 an hour was a lot when you started. It's not anymore. The money changes. So, um, and, and I know we're getting a little off track here, but I think you just have to really look at you know what? And if you are paying your technician seven twenty five an hour, then you had better come off five grand for vet tech week. Sorry, but they need some bonuses. They need some vacation. Do it to it.
0: Oh, they need a lot more than that because seven twenty five is like fifteen thousand dollars a year. Can you and yeah, it? I know. I know it, it. It's heartbreaking. So anyway, getting back to that, you know, just providing like this is. I think for me, the value of an awareness week like this is to get us to ask questions once again right because it's yeah. easy during the day-to-day and the week-to-week life and all the challenges that come accompany that to forget this stuff but at the end of the day like you know we really need to critically analyze like are we paying our staff enough and you know I, look I I just can't tell you how many of these heated arguments I got into you know in the late 90s early 2000s just when we were paying you know 26 27 percent of our revenue to staff wages and benefits not not to the yeah. owner you know not to to me and Laura. I mean, to the, yeah. yeah. and people be like, well, th- you need to be doing like 17, 18%, you know? And it's like, how, how could you do that? Right. And the way yeah. you do that is by forcing your staff to live, you know, at poverty level, like you're saying.
1: Well, and it becomes, you know, cyclic where again, if you have any kind of economics, you understand that that's not going to have longevity. So now you have right. about five to $8,000 and Hiring your new technicians, and then you know, it's like, well, I can't keep them, and yada yada. So, you really have to. The, the fact is, our entire profession needs overhaul, it's not going to be something we can do immediately. So, I just really want you to focus on inside your clinic and really critically look at inside your clinic what is the quality of life of your technicians? How are they really getting by? And what would really, okay, maybe you are paying them great. Maybe they have benefits. Well, good. They still need that tech week. So, you know, it's really a matter of taking those feelings you have, like about your technicians and how much, you know, they work and saying, what can I do to make sure they feel this appreciation that I have for them. We all want that.
0: Yeah, and maybe this will serve, this week once again, will serve as a catalyst for change for somebody listening out there. I mean, that's, that's really where I think the value to these types of events really lies because, you know, Becky, like you said, there's a lot of problems, a lot of challenges. You can't fix it with a pizza party. And what we're saying is yeah. sit back, critically analyze and say, how can you actually do something substantive, material, right? How can you do something that's actually going to change these people's lives because, you know, hey, really really nice pizza <laughs> that's not going to solve their problems exactly. you know
1: <laughs> if it's that good please invite me for yes some life-changing pizza i want to have it hey, yeah
0: yeah so hey i guess we should back up a little bit yeah it could be life-changing <laughs> pizza but but you know again yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah I, you really need to analyze like and maybe you know what maybe your team is super happy maybe you've got a great culture and pizza is the ch- am and yeah, they're excited yeah. because you are doing it right there are so many clinics out there that are doing it right we don't talk about them as much of course or maybe even enough but there are so many clinics out there who's who do have a good culture their texts are happy and every little thing that they do means a whole lot to them and so you know obviously you're if you're treating your texts crappy uh every day then one week of being nice to them is not going to change things but showing them That you value them and what they do, and being able to identify what's important to them. So it might not be the same thing for everyone. It might be something different across the board. But again, I think making sure that they're involved, have some say, and that they walk away feeling really appreciated, then you've done your job this week.
0: Wow. Well, Viewfinders, we really like having this conversation with you. Uh, If you tuned in just to figure out, you know, where you can get the cheapest little stickers to say we love Vet Techs, uh, this probably disappoints you. But if you are here to actually have a meaningful conversation about the problems and solutions in our profession, then we hope it lit you up because, you know, honestly, Becky, these are the kind of conversations that I truly believe help initiate change out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, we just have to keep talking about it. We just have to keep reminding folks where the holes are, where the gaps are and where they can, can help contribute in their own space. A lot of times if we get overwhelmed and wrapped up on the, the bigger, picture and how well nothing I can do will really change that you know you really can uh, you know like the recycling like think globally act locally you know just make it better in your clinic the best you can and keep your eyes and ears open all year long because they're telling you what they need and want
0: I love that. All right. Well, Viewfinders, how are you celebrating Vet Tech Week? What do you think you can do to help make uh, veterinary technicians' lives a little better, right? Is it better pay, better benefits, all of the above, more roles, responsibilities, title protection? I mean, there's a laundry list of things that we all should be getting involved with to help make the world a little better. Because at the end of the day, guys, if we want this profession to continue to grow and maintain some control of that growth, we're going to have to work together much more tightly. Because honestly, Becky, I'm with you. We need to start changing names start adding board members we need to shake up the tree because honestly i want to see us bloom when it comes spring of 2022
1: that's right and i'm grateful that i don't only have once a year for a platform to make those confessions and and to attest those issues so i'm excited that you guys are here every week listening and i appreciate it but i want you to know that this week more than ever i'll be out there advocating for you guys pounding the pavement i want to see what you're doing to celebrate i want to see winning clinics out there with great cultures what you do Help us educate everybody else on how to be more like you guys. You can find us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder, and you can tweet us at Viewfinder.
0: That's right. And Becky, we have a a Gmail account too. Just give them that real quick, because every time we tell people, send us messages.
1: Yeah, you can email us at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com.
0: Wow, it's that easy. Well, Viewfinders, we hope you're having a great week. Be safe. And really, let's stay focused on making the world a little bit better. We will talk to you next week. And Becky, safe travels.
1: Thanks.
0: Bye. Bye. I liked it.
1: Wow. Yeah, it was good. I didn't expect